0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com
1: Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Parables of the Qur'an. Alhamdulillah, every night we are reflecting Monday through Friday on a different element of the Qur'an. And uh, this is, of course, the first program of the week, and it's one that allows us to Uh, reflect deeply on the amthal in the Qur'an, on the parables in the Qur'an which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to us and uh, those parables offer infinite opportunity for reflection and inshallah ta'ala as we spoke last week about you know hypocrisy and sincerity and the importance of having that light kindled today we're going to talk about what opportunity looks like to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even from uh, a far away distance from him. And inshallah ta'ala with that, I'm going to hand it off to Ustada Tasneem al and she'll talk about the context and the parable that we'll be covering tonight.
2: as everyone. Uh, glad to be back again this week. And I think that the parable that we're covering today is a really nice transition from the one that we discussed last week. And so to start off, I want to share what we're going to be discussing. It's uh, verse uh, 39 in Surah, it's, so, surah 41, verse 39, Surah Fasat, and the ayah reads, that among Allah subhanahu ta'ala signs, among you know the the different ways that He demonstrates His you know the reality of what our lives constitute, of His presence, of His creation, is that you see that the the the, uh, the land, the earth becomes, you know, Hasha. Some, sometimes it's translated as, as you know, stilled, as desolate As something that is essentially like humbled And in various other verses that describe the same exact situation That the earth is, you know, dies uh, Just as in the seasons you see that the plants and the, the lands, the trees, everything dies And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَإِذَا أَنزَلْنَا عليها الماء, When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings down rain Brings down water from the earth That it, it starts to quiver and grow the life returns to it to the, to the land, to the plants Everything that we witness year in and year out With the coming of spring And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends this ayah by saying You know, essentially that just as He was able to bring that dead land Those dead plants, that dead life All around us back to life That He is going to do that with us the الَّذِي أَحْيَاهَا الْمَوْتَى he, The one who did that to the plants to, to the life around us Is the one who's going to bring back the, the dead among us back to life, قدير, he is capable of all things. Now, um, essentially, you know, wh- there's two things I want to focus on before bringing in really the context of this ayah. Is that, number one, the first part of this ayah says what? That he's going to bring essentially something that's dead back to life. And that that is actually a theme within within the surah itself that there's something that you, you know you look around you look some if you just take just a few minutes during the winters as you see the you know throughout the fall the trees slowly changing colors and then being stripped of their leaves if if you never saw leaves on a tree and you came to the at that moment in life where you you were able to see for the first time and you woke up for example or you 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 gained eyesight only in the winter and you see, saw all of that essentially deadness around you would you ever be able to assume that, you know, that there could be, you know, life to these trees, that there could be leaves on these trees, that they could be so full of, you know, life just a few months later? And honestly, it, you don't it, you don't have to necessarily have not seen that life. Even every winter, I ask myself, like, subhanAllah, like, you don't appreciate the leaves, the life around you until it's gone. And every winter, no, despite the fact that I know it's going to come back, it Really hits you thinking, wow, this place looks dead, right? The winter things are just dry and dead. And so just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every spring we get so excited to see the you know, trees come to life, the plant life come you know, to life around us, everything blossoming, that joy that brings to us, right? You see that transition. So that's one thing, right? That you something that you, you wouldn't it, it's hard to, to really grasp how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it back to life. And then the second part is that And the second part really trans- is, I think, the transition from what we discussed last week, right? We discussed this idea of the white and darkness and guidance and, and, and this um, misguided amongst the disbelievers. And so this is a theme that you see throughout the hadith and the Quran that so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another ayah That this this contrast between life and death is the same as the person who has light has nur. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the ayah is the person who's who's you know the the, the person that was walking dead on this earth is dead here meaning you know dead in the inside lacking that belief. It's he like the person who Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives that nur gives that guidance and now becomes among the, the those who are alive? So we have that transition here. Now that we have that nur in our lives, we, we are filled with light. Now, to go to really put this ayah into context, it, it's I'd like to speak about some of you know the most powerful ayahs in the surah, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala essentially has a whole page dedicated to what's going to happen to the people of disbelief those who are dead on the inside those who don't have that nur on the day of judgment and then that tra- and then another page to sort of transition to what it looks like on the opposite side those who have that nur who were able to live their lives filled with iman and who who were really alive in that process what how they're going to be treated on that day of judgment but really just for the sake of time to focus on on the, on the former that as you know on the day of judgment, for those who were dead on the inside, for those who lacked that nur, for those who 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 disbelieved, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that on the day of judgment, when He brings them back to life, inna muhil When He brings them back to the, to life, what happens is that on the day of judgment, they're 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 standing before Allah subhanahu wa Taala. They're about to be you know to question be questioned about their lives, and what happens is that their their bodies. Their, their bodies, their eyes, and their hearing, everything are, that was a part of them starts to speak out against them. And, re, and the, the, the verses are so powerful in, in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, is saying, is repeating the story that's going to happen. And they look, the, the disbelievers on the Day of Judgment look at, look at their hands, they look at, the, you know, try to look around them. And they say, لجلودهم, you know, uh, how, how are you testifying against us? How, how is this possible that our, our bodies are suddenly like just imagine? I always try to imagine this that like literally your skin on your bodies, your hands, your eyes, your your, your hearing, everything starts to come to life, just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring anything to life. He's, he brings them to life, and now they're going to be testing, testifying against you. And so you have, you know, this really like powerful imagery of the day of judgment where you know where things again that you would never expect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could bring to life. And and the verse can you know the story continues. ت... كنتم, uh, that you know you essentially that you really could never have um, uh, prepared for this moment of you couldn't have hidden the fact this reality that they were able to now testify against you. Uh, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to describe, you know, how this, this surprise, this shock, this like this big reveal of, I can't believe this is happening, um, of things that we are going to be brought to life on the Day of Judgment to work against us. Now on the flip side, when Allah subhanahu then turns to talk about the, the, uh, the believers right after this, he says in contrast that the, the believers are those, you know, the people with nur, the people who have life in them, in this world, are those that what? That they 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 have istiqama, that they are firm on this belief, that they call passionately, that they're always you know uh, constantly. Woman, مم, uh, like they're constantly calling to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They're doing their best. They're you know forgoing, letting things that bother people. You know, if someone wronged them, they're letting it go uh, when when uh, when they have the ability to do that. All of these beautiful qualities of the believer, in contrast to the disbeliever. So you have this context where you see that. You have this disbelief and you see what life is like when you're, when you're dead on the inside and you don't have that, that nur that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places. And then shortly thereafter, the incredible strength that a believer who has light in them, what that looks like and how they act. And so all of that, there's so much to be said. I mean, uh, we were just mentioning Sheikh man Hani has a whole, you know, session on just the the... The miraculous nature and the incredible details within this surah, Surat that There's so much to be discussed, but you have, you know, again this context where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying, "This is on the day of judgment." Just as He has the power to bring the bring life to the plants, bring everything to life in front of you, that we will see day in and day out, year in and year out, we see this happening. We know that this is gonna, this is the reality. Just as He's able to do that, He will bring that which is dead back to life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, reminds us that just as He can bring us back to life, He can bring back the plants back to life, He can bring our bodies back to life to testify against us. And on the flip side, when when you do have that, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you that nur and He brings life into you in this world, that you can really stand up with that istiqama and, and call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be proud of who you are, be confident and really you know, I uh, fully embodied what it means to have that noor. Um, and so with that context, uh, I'll go ahead and pass it on to Sheikh Osman to give more detail in terms of the context of the, par- of the parable itself, inshallah.
0: Jazakallah itself, bismillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa Jazakallah for uh, the beautiful introduction Uh, And that is the central core of this parable had to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proving to people the possibility of resurrection. And what's amazing is that despite the fact that this argument was posed by the people of Mecca, you know, 1400 plus years ago, that is still a problem that's prevalent today. That there's so many people who just struggle to understand the idea that a dead body can come back to life, despite the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to see it happening in our own life with the plants. And Allah gives us some insight in Surah uh, Qaf about this when He says, The disbelievers, they say that when we, are, when we die and we turn into dust, we actually return to Allah. That's such a far fetched uh, idea. And then Allah tells us, In that same Surah Surah Qaf, Allah actually brings that analogy from this parable. Again, He says that we have sent down from the heavens rain that is blessed. And we cause from that rain all kinds of beautiful plants and gardens and grains to grow. And then he explains, رِزْقَ ibad Two verses later, وَحْيَيْنَ بِهِ بَلْدَةَ khuruj That Allah causes by that rain dead land to come to life. And then he tells us, al khuruj, And like that is the resurrection. There's a beautiful hadith that the Prophet Muhammad said it's in Sahih Muslim. It was a very long hadith about the end of time. And towards the end of the hadith he mentions that then the trumpet the horn will be blown and everybody will fall dead and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send a gentle rain which will cause the bodies to grow once again and then the tr- the trumpet will be blown a second time and everyone will be standing watching in amazement standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yom al-qiyamah so this is the direct apparent meaning of the parable but there's another more subtle meaning that is incredibly profound That is about a different type of resurrection, and that is the resurrection of the heart. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives us the example of of how the land and the rain have a relationship in bringing life to the way that the heart and revelation have a relationship in bringing life. And so the, the parable is that the land is the object upon which the rain falls, and that causes... The land to shake and to grow. Another opinion they talk about the plants themselves shake when water falls upon them. And so from the metaphorical side, this this parable is telling us that our hearts are the objects upon which revelation falls. So again, the, the land is like our heart and the rain is like revelation. And similarly, we need revelation. Our hearts need revelation in order to grow. And of course, revelation makes our hearts grow. And there's a beautiful verse in Surah Al Anbiya where Allah Subhan- subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, and we have created every living thing from water. And so, what I think about this parable, I think about Allah telling us that every physically living entity requires water. And every spiritually alive, every spiritually living entity requires revelation. And so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us in this verse that when he says that the earth itself is khashi'a it's humbled it is a reminder about how the earth is when there's nothing upon it and you think about if you looked at a desert and you see absolutely nothing upon it it is dry it is hard it, you know it's Allah's describing it as being humble it is nothing to be proud of essentially because there's nothing growing on it and similarly our hearts need to be incredibly humble to the the notion that our ilm our knowledge of this universe this dunya This life and the Akhirah, the afterlife, is nothing until Allah allows revelation to penetrate into our hearts. Only once our hearts become nourished with revelation, does anything meaningful grow out of them. And so the question that this parable almost poses is that, well, if Allah is giving us this parable that land requires water, well, and our hearts require revelation, then what is the nature of our hearts? What kind of land are our hearts like? Uh, are our hearts fertile, soft, ready to absorb the revelation, the way that soft fertile land absorbs the water, or are they hard? And of course, the more fertile they are, the better that we're going to respond to it. And I think about the month of Ramadan is that chance to nourish our hearts and to get them soft and fertile. But subhanallah in this ayah is also an incredible source of optimism, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that it's not just the soft heart that is going to be resurrected with life, even the hardest distant hearts that are dry they have the opportunity so this verse is a verse of optimism to never despair because just like that desert that you would never imagine can have life again because it looks so dead any of our hearts if they ever diverge from the path of Allah if they ever harden that we should never despair from the mercy of Allah that if we allow the revelation, the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the beautiful statements of the Prophet Muhammad, the life of the Prophet Muhammad, his seerah, to inundate our hearts, and our hearts again will flourish. And so I'll close with this question, which is how often do we water our hearts? Because, subhanAllah, one of the things in quarantine that we started doing, and I know many people do, is they started gardening. And when you start gardening, you realize you've got to be patient. Every day you've got to water your plants. You couldn't say, well, today, I'm so tired of watering every day. I'm just going to do all the watering for the month on Monday. And then I'm done. Because it'll die if you just don't water for 29 more days. And similarly, when it comes to our hearts, we cannot just water them once in the year, which is oftentimes Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, we read a lot of Quran. And it's it's the springboard. It's so, it softens the, the the soil of our hearts. But it needs a regular, daily, weekly engagement with the Quran. And so I'll just close with this kind of, uh, I thought about that... Um, that idiom that we all learn as kids, you say an apple a day keeps a doctor away, and I thought about it from the Quranic perspective, that in order to, we have to uh, water our hearts with the wahi, in order to have the seed of iman grow, so an ayah a day keeps jahannam away, right? or an ayah a day makes jannah our place of stay, Wallahu alam, khair, we'll pass it to Shaykh Omar for some practical examples we can take from this.
1: How did you become a poet, man? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Spoken word Saturday with Dr. Othman Omarji coming up. me. <laughs> Allah bless you. Khair. Uh, to both of you for the wonderful um, uh, context and summary i think a few things to mention one of them is that the ayah anna allah yuhil ba'da it's a common theme in the quran right that know that allah gives life to dead earth uh you know through this uh through, through the rain through the water that he sends down comes after the section of surah al-hadid that we were talking about which paints uh the scene of the hypocrites getting left behind right And the hypocrites are getting left behind and they don't have any light. And what did the believers say to them? Uh, Go back and find your light there, right? Kindle your light there. Now, the fact that you're reading this verse means you're still alive and you have a chance to kindle your light instead of your fire. And you don't have to be doomed to that fate. So even after you read those verses and if you feel a great sense of, of guilt and a great sense of regret and remorse and say you know what I, I need to start making my light rather than killing my fire uh, right away Allah wa ta'ala says uh, know that you do have a chance because even dead earth is given life and so the placement of this verse in the different parts of the Quran uh, always a call to redemption also one of the things that Shaykh al Rahimahullah Muhammad Amin Shanquiti mentioned that every time Allah mentions in the Quran no, the word no, the next verse has action in it right so the connection of to amal you can't just stop from a place of stop at a place of uh, realization and awareness you have to quickly translate that into action while your heart is soft while you're in a place of connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let me now take the steps to connect back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, اِعْلَمُوا No, and then, اِنَّ الْمُصَدِّقِينَ wa وَأَقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضٌ hasana And different parts in the Qur'an, um, and different qa'at, by the way, which is a different story that, that, that gives some, some richer meaning, but Allah calls you to sadaqah and to uh, salah at night and dhikr and all of these different types of good deeds that bring you back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ذُنُّون رَحِيمَ اللَّهَ Ta'ala. Uh, one of the great uh, sages, he he said that, uh, you know, what this is really talking about is your spiritual pulse. So, if you still feel bad when you sin, uh, then that's a sign of a sick heart, not a dead heart, okay? So, a dead heart lacks the spiritual pulse where it does not feel any sense of, of, of pain or anything in the presence of the masiyah, the forms of disobedience, the various forms of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a spiritual pulse. So he said that your heart is not dead if you still feel uh, bad, right? If, the, if if guilt is still there, if regret is still there, that's a sign that your spiritual heart is beating, it's just sick. But he said that uh, the, the, the next point of that is that uh, just like a sick body, uh, a person who's sick cannot enjoy the taste of food. A sick heart cannot enjoy the sweetness of its ibadah, the sweetness of worship. So it's a, it, it's a spectrum, right, uh, between a, a, a living heart that is uh, that is that is healthy, spiritually healthy, and a heart that is dead. the The presence of an opportunity to resuscitate that heart, though, is. Uh, throughout the quran and actually subhanallah reflecting with Sheikh yasir fahmi on that and Sheikh abdullah aduru uh, when speaking about Surah al-ma'idah right just the presence of a verse of redemption even after the scariest ayats, constantly that well you can come back this is not to doom you uh, unless you're abu lahab you know and there's a surah revealed that says tabat yada abi lahab in watab uh, and, and even the scholars say by the way that that was a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because if Abu Lahab wanted to undermine the entire message of Islam, he could have become Muslim. And then it would have been like, wait, what do we do now? Because that surah came down very early, but he, he didn't do that. His fate was sealed. Allah جل, knew that this is a heart that will not come back to him. But we have not had surahs revealed about us by name. The presence of an opportunity to redeem ourselves is there as long as we're alive. And you have a chance to, to, to cling back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, the one who uh, many of the scholars say this verse was about, the one who was dead fa'ahyaynahu, and we gave him life, and we gave him a light by which he could navigate uh, himself and, and amongst the people, and a light that he could navigate for the people, provide navigation and guidance to the people. And that's the point when, the father of, uh, or, or when, when a man uh, says about Umar عنه, that the donkey of al-Khattab, the donkey of his father will become Muslim before him. The donkey of his father will become Muslim before him. That means Umar has no chance at a spiritual pulse. He is dead spiritually. And just like that donkey cannot be revived, uh, to to a place where it has a spiritual life umar radiallahu anhu has no chance of having a spiritual life and subhanallah not only uh was he given spiritual life but he gives spiritual life to so many other people uh through his example radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he becomes an inspiring example of a heart that is pure and a heart that is connected to allah Taala and a heart that is healthy the last thing actually i'll share subhanallah one of my um shaykh uh, shaykh Abil abid Allah Ta'ala, he said, uh, he he talked about the hadith, I, I believe it's a Muslim Imam Ahmad, it's a long hadith, which um, is connected to this method uh, in the Quran, where the Prophet ﷺ gave the example of water falling upon all these different types of lands. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, uh, you know, a, a rock type surface, a solid surface, and so it just pops it on the top and it doesn't do any benefit to the surface nor to anyone around it. And then the Prophet, of course, gave us this example of a a part of the surface that is bowl shaped. And so it could contain the water, but it could not absorb the water. And so other people will benefit from it, or other animals will benefit from it, but the land itself does not benefit. It holds the water, but other people come and they take uh, from the water, or other animals come and take from the water, but that land does not benefit. And then finally, the Prophet gave that example of the soil. A fertile land that absorbs the water. The water disappears momentarily; you don't see it, and then it comes back out in the form of various crops and various forms of vegetation that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has decreed. And what He said about that, uh, and there's so many benefits to that that method uh, as well, which elaborates on the method in the Quran. Uh, that there is only one type of uh, of benefit that exists in the bowl shaped surface, which is water, but Uh, On the other side of that, what comes out of the soil, sometimes it's a guessing game, right? What's going to come out? What types of crops? What types of vegetation? But there's so much more benefit that will come out in terms of the different types of vegetation, the different types of fruits and vegetables that come out of the soil, uh, depending upon what seeds were nurtured and nourished within that soil. And so the, the various types of benefits that exist And uh, also, the long-term versus short-term benefit that exists, because if it's just water in a surface, people come and they scoop that water up and that's it. But this will be long-term. And then finally, the third benefit that he mentioned was that, um, uh, you know, the, the water seeps into the soil and the process of generating that vegetation, of producing what is to come out of that, is not seen to anyone else. Right? Once it's in the soil and it's working, it's barakah, it's blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to then eventually give fruit or vegetable or whatever it is that Allah has planned to come out of that soil, no one else sees it. It's working under the surface. And he likened that to secret ibadah, to secret forms of worship, which is what we were talking about last week, right? So this idea of that strong generation of spiritual potential that has to take place Away from anyone else's sight, right? And that directly connects to what we were talking about last week with the strong with the generation of true light, right? The light that you don't really want to benefit from until the day of judgment, not necessarily uh here. So uh that that nourishment has to take place behind the scenes, that secret connection that you develop to Allah, the secret ibadat, the secret tawbah and istighfar. It's just like the water working under the surface. Uh, And for us, that's behind the curtains, behind closed doors, working what needs to be worked in order to produce that vegetation, to produce that benefit for all of mankind. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us those uh, hearts that are like the fertile soil that are given life and that are uh, alive themselves and give life to everything that's around them. Allahumma ameen. So I'll pass it back to you all for reflections, inshallah.
0: Uh, one of the things that you just mentioned that I th- thought was amazing was this idea of uh, doing things in secret which means both you do things in the day and of course you do things at night and night is often the time where Allah doesn't but people don't see what we do and I think what ties this parable in beautifully is that Allah previously mentioned in, in the in the method before that and from his signs that he created the night and the day and the sun and the moon and Part of actually the land coming to life and plants growing is both getting the nur of the sun and actually getting the light of the moon. So there's actually something called lunar gardening and that uh, there's stuff that happens to plants, you know, in the darkness of the night that we would never see. And so when we think about even inundating ourselves with wahi and acting upon the revelation, there's a way to act upon it in the day with the type of activities we engage in. Uh, Especially, you know, I think in in today's climate, there's so many things we have to be doing outwardly to change society. But there's also things at night, privately with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it be sadaqah, whether it be extra uh, worship, du'a, uh, dhikr, um, that, you know, we just have to make sure that 24-7, day or night, whether it's the sun hitting us or the moon hitting us, that we're allowing wahi to change our behavior. Uh, Wallahu alam.
1: That's beautiful. JazakAllah
2: I just want uh, to add a concluding point for something you guys both raised uh, in terms of the optimism that this ayah really invokes. Because when I think about it, um, when Allah says that he can bring anything that is completely dead back to life, it's this sort of a reminder that even if you're at your lowest point right now if it's you're at your lowest point in your iman at, in something in this life something that you're asking allah subhanahu wa taala for help for knowing that just like that allah subhanahu wa taala can take you from 0 to 100 is mm-hmm. really like a powerful force to motivate you to just ask allah subhanahu wa taala and honestly it's those those duats that you kind of ask, you ask for and you're like i don't really know what's happening and then you see you see it like really unfolding before your eyes and it's it's there are certain things in life that really will just jump speed your iman from zero to a hundred. And it's when you ask Allah Taala, and, and right before your eyes, you're granted as Allah promised, us he's going to answer our du'a, right? Whether it's now, it's it's at the most appropriate time or in a, in a way we couldn't imagine, it's going to be answered. Um, and, and so really it's this, hopefully uh, this really optimistic idea that um, even when you're going through ups and downs, when you're at your down, knowing that it's not that, you know, You have to have you have you are thinking now months or years ahead. I'm not I'm not going to this person until another ten years. I really need to get this right first, and I have to fix everything about my life. Whatever, all of these different things that we make this you know change into a process and something that we dread or whatever it is. Knowing that it could be you know an hour, a day, a moment. Well, sometimes I can flip, um, uh, turn our situation, turn our iman into you know the strongest of iman, and so something that we should constantly ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Just as you bring you know life to the dead, bring my heart. Um, bring, bring light, bring noor and bring life to my heart.
1: SubhanAllah, the,
0: the, the parable comes back when you say that to me in terms of like the literal nature of like rain causes the earth to shake like physically. And that's like now like considered from some of the scholars we will talk about this being one of the scientific miracles in the Qur'an. But like this idea that even a little bit of rainfall makes the earth shake. And so for us to never be little, that even a little bit of exposure to wahi, whether it be one verse here, you know, one lecture there, one khatira, what five minute video, whatever little you can give to absorbing the, the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it might be that little portion that shakes your faith in the right direction. It, it's what propels you into action or propels you into a state of uh, of living in a state of nur. Uh, and so again, like you mentioned, like it's not this all or none. I gotta either like go hardcore and, and, and be memorizing the Quran every day. Uh it can even be that little bit that 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 awakens us at any moment in time.
2: Yeah. And it's telling that um very briefly, just it's telling that that it like it slowly quivers and grows. So like every reminder that kind of just makes you get that sense of quivering of wow, that really hit me, that is a sign of growth.
1: Yeah, subhanAllah, the um the 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 fact that you look at خاشية, Allah talks about the potential of the Quran that if it was to be revealed to mountains, it would shake those mountains. And then the verses in Surah Al Baqarah, right? That the way that different stones that, that sometimes our hearts can be beyond stones in terms of how hard they are but they can also be stronger than mountains and what they're able to bear. If they're able to internalize the Quran properly and the, Quran, and the heart shakes, then the heart can produce, right? It will not, it, it will not collapse, right? SubhanAllah. And, and so I, I feel like it's powerful that there's that constant interaction of, of, of water and, and different surfaces that are being likened to uh, the heart. Jazakumullah any final thoughts? Actually, what I'd like to do if, uh, you know,
0: just when I think see these Amthal in the Quran, like they literally um, make me th- like visualize them. And I think that's a practice that would be beneficial when all of us read them, we try to visualize them. So I found this beautiful video. I'd love to share it just to kind of give us some some insight into the how when rain falls upon land, like plants grow, and how we can maybe think about this every time we read a verse, every time we read a hadith, every time you do something where you expose yourself to revelation, how your heart may grow in very slow, systematic ways. So I just want to briefly share it. It's a beautiful little time-lapse video about nature, um, but I think it encapsulates this parable so beautifully. So let me very quickly share that and then uh, sure, you guys go. Give me a second. Uh...
1: Can you do spoken word while you're pulling it up? (laughs) Here we go. Can you see my screen now? Yes. All right. So
0: this process took took months, right, for that to grow, or weeks at least. But that's, of course, time lapse. But the idea that, you know, our hearts can grow if we're, if we're cognizant and aware, um, even if we don't see it happening in real time, Allah All
1: right, so inshallah ta'ala with that, um, go ahead and conclude. And, um, you know, remind you all to please click on the link uh, that our brilliant creative team, alhamdulillah, has put these parables into uh, animated gifs inshallah ta'ala so please do uh, check them out at the link inshallah and share and then tomorrow inshallah ta'ala you can tune into miracles of the quran with our beloved uh, shaykhs muhammad Shanawi and Shaykh Saliman hani inshallah ta'ala on all the yaqeen platforms and we'll look forward to seeing you all again inshallah ta'ala uh on Monday, next Monday, inshallah ta'ala, for the parables of the Quran. And of course, every night of the weeknights, inshallah ta'ala, for another element of reflection on the Quran. Jazakumullah to both uh, Dr. Uthman and soon to be Dr. Tasneem. Make dua. She finishes her PhD soon, inshallah ta'ala. All right. So, someone's dua out there is going get, to get her over that, that hump, inshallah. So, make dua for her to finish her PhD as soon as possible. And uh, we're blessed to have you both reflecting with us tonight. Jazakumullah everyone. Wassalamu alaikum wa wa Michael said.